Shalom, and welcome to the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast, discovering the Hebrew roots of the Christian faith. And now, from beautiful Brandon, Florida, here are your hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to yet again another Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. This is Ryan Cabrera, and I'm in studio with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Shalom, shalom, everyone. And uh, we are going to go through a very interesting Torah portion today. The Torah portion, Balak, which in Hebrew means Balak. <laughs> very good. <laughs> See, I'm funny already, you know. You know, the, the thing, Ryan, that really gets me is how relevant these Torah portions are. Oh, they absolutely I mean, we're are. just living this thing out. It's no joke. You know, no I joke. mean, Moses led over 2 million people. This is unbelievable. Without social media. With, yeah, exactly You know, right. without a BlackBerry. You know, without I bet you he would have used Twitter to his advantage so oh, that he could get rid of the imagine, fake news. No fake news here. Can you imagine how big the church would be if, if Paul could fly an airplane? Oh, tell me. I mean, that guy, you'd have the gospel everywhere. Oh, yeah, he'd have he'd a be, G6 for he'd sure. He'd have the most frequent flyer miles of anyone. Yep. All right, so Balak is found in uh, Numbers chapter 25, verse 10. I'm sorry, it's Numbers chapter 22, verse 2. Through 25, verse 9. Oh, yeah, just okay. Just a little typo oh, there. sorry. You're we, right. We apologize for that. No, that's okay. So it's Numbers chapter 22, verse 2, through chapter 25, verse 9. And you know what? It did look funny, because I was like, man, wasn't the last one 22, verse I'll 1? i tell you, we got to look at everything. Our, our, our questionnaire, our PowerPoints, amen. So anyway, we've got this story going on here. Uh, which is a continuing saga that, you know, a lot of things happening. Uh, just a little reminder to, to help all of you. I know I'm repeating myself. For those of you that are listening, uh, listen to this again. It's so important that you understand that uh, where is the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement taking you? Is the road that you're on leading to God? You know, the book of Numbers is broken up into three parts. I want to say this again because it's so, so, so important because it's getting really, really good out there. Uh, it starts at Sinai. This is the preparation for the journey, and uh, this is just a time period of just a few weeks at Mount Sinai. This is chapters 1 through 9. Now, remind you, there's 36 chapters in the book of Numbers. So chapters 1 through 9 would be the preparation for the journey at Sinai. A few weeks at Mount Sinai, they get the marriage covenant. Awesome. We're moving into phase 2 now in the book of Numbers. You'll see, of course, uh, this will be the journey. This is about 39 years towards Mount Hor. We're ending the journey now, actually. Right? Yeah, we are. But I'm okay. saying that as we move forward to this step here. Uh, chapter 10, verse 11, through chapter 21 and verse 4, will actually take you on the journey, about 39 years. Once again, Mount Hor. We know that we're not going to have a big recap here because a lot of things have happened that we can learn from. Um, Miriam has passed away and uh, Aaron, Aaron. And, uh, and now we're in the third part, Ryan, which is only appropriate upon this particular portion. So chapter 22 and verse 2, all the way through chapter 36, is at Moab. They're on the plains of Moab, right? So they're getting on ready. the banks is, of the Jordan River. Yeah, this is their next shot. At going the to gate the to the land. Oh, they're yeah. at the gate to the land. Remember, a gate is an opening for all of us. You know, we talk about spiritual portals and all these interesting things in Hollywood and the Avengers movies and portals and enemies coming through the portals. But, you know, God has a portal too. God has gates. You know, even Jacob saw angels going up and down the ladder. You know, uh, that's a portal. But this takes place within a few months. And this is, of course, Mount Nebo. I've had the privilege of going to Mount Nebo. 
and looking over the promised land from that perspective, just like Moses would have. And what a joy it was for me to know that I could go into the promised land, but Moses was unable. What a special time for me as well. Uh, and I have pictures and everything. What a great memory. Uh, they even have this, this uh, particular uh, artifact there, whatever decor of a uh, you know the serpent on on the on the pole, the sign of the medical symbol. So once again, I just want to remind of you that the three key words found in the Book of Numbers is service, war, and wilderness. And we are getting into Balak now, and this is a conspiracy because a conspiracy takes two or more people. We're going to see these two people develop here. I'm going to have Ryan go ahead and read Numbers chapter 22, verses one through three, and our introduction to Balak. Boy, I wish they could make a movie on this. I bet you they have. This would be an incredible drama. This, this, well, I think this is a drama that's playing out in our lives now, right? I mean, the enemy is conspiring with somebody against us every day, all day, every day, and we need to take it seriously. So, all right, so here we go. Uh, Numbers chapter 22, verses 1 through what? 1 through 3. 1 through 3. Here we go. And the children of Israel set forward and pitched in the plains of Moab on this side, Jordan, by Jericho. And Balak, the son of Zippor saw all that Israel had done to the Amorites. And Moab was sore afraid of the people because they were many. And Moab was distressed because of the children of Israel. Oh, here we go. So here we have the uh, the future enemy of Israel having fear, right? They're fearful of what they think the people of Israel might do. And so now, out of fear, Balak has motivation to do something against Israel. Well, you know, Israel's related to the Moabites. Correct. I mean, it's, it's just, it, it's something that's going to happen later on, but... Although but the, there's not many times in scripture where the Moabites have like a good connotation. No, no. But here's the thing. So who was the king of the Moabites in Numbers chapter 22, verse 4? Uh, well, it said in Moab, uh, said unto the... Oh, I'm sorry. You want Moab verse 4? Balak, the son of Zippor. I'm sorry. So Balak, the son of Zippor. And was Moab afraid of Israel in Numbers 22, verse 3? For sure. Moab was afraid of Israel. Listen, this is the most amazing relevant thing, Ryan. Think about this. When you say you're grafted in and you're Israel, you're part of the commonwealth of Israel, Ephesians 2, you're grafted in Romans, you know, and all this, and Yeshua is the root of this olive tree, and you're grafted in. Boy, people become afraid of you. They really start to react in a way that they are afraid of you. Yeah, they get squirrely. And we know that Israel is surrounded by enemies, but I believe that that the Arabs, I believe the Muslims, they're afraid of Israel and what the IDF can do and what they can do. For sure. Uh, of course, you know, the situation with Gaza is not that good. But but remember, people always criticize what they don't understand as well. You know, if, if someone would just come alongside me for the week and, and see how I live and what I'm doing, I think they'd have a better understanding of what this lifestyle is all about, what I'm all about, what Hebrew roots is all about. But what we what we don't understand, we normally criticize. So that's why I would say to all of you to study something before you criticize it. You know, get to know it and understand it. So here we go. Now we're going to introduce some uh, more party members here. Uh, where were the elders from whom Moab spoke to about the threat from Israel? Numbers 22, verse 4. This is, uh, they're from Midian. From Midian. So we, this is where we have the Midianites. And where did the Midianites come from? But Abraham remarried after Sarah's death. He married Keturah, who gave birth to Midian, who became the Midianites. Uh, this is the modern day country of Saudi Arabia today. Isn't that interesting? And the Midians, Saudi Arabia. this is Jethro's people, right? Yes, yes. I mean, that, that there you go. He was the priest of, the, of the he Midianites. He was the priest of Midian. Uh, to whom were the messengers sent in order to bring him back and curse Israel? Uh, in 22 verse 5, it was Balaam, the son of Beor. Okay, Balaam. 
the son of Beor. So they're, they're sending for him to come and to curse Israel. Now, this is interesting now, uh, because what was in the hands of the elders of Moab and Midian in Numbers 22.7? The rewards of divination. So the rewards of divination. So right, right away, Ryan, right before they go to this gate to the promised land, we are dealing with the occult. Yeah, divination sure. now. Divination now. And uh, if you could read Numbers chapter 22, verse 12, that would be great. Yep, it says, And God said unto Balaam, Thou shalt not go with them, thou shalt not curse the people, for they are blessed. So once again, he's telling Balaam, Do not go with these elders. Do not go with these people. Makes it very clear. And what did he do? He's going to grieve and quench the Holy Spirit. Because look at Numbers twenty-two seventeen. Was Balak going to give great honor to Balaam if he cursed Israel? Yes. Oh, yeah, he was trying to. See, prominence. He's going to blow him up. He's going to stroke his ego. Yeah, exactly. He's going to stroke his ego. He's going to give him great position and treasures and fame and fortune. That's why, you know, know, we're always leery of the people that kind of give us, you know, uh, some some slack or or flack or whatever. But the people we really need to be leery of are the ones that are blowing our egos up. Well, you've got to watch out that you don't become, uh, what do they call it, uh... What's the word I'm looking for? Patronize. Right. They'll patronize you. Okay, so here we go. So so he was told not to go, but was God's anger kindled because Balaam went with the princes of Moab, Numbers 22, 22? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. He was angry with Balaam. Okay, you're going to see how this whole thing plays out, everyone. In hindsight, it's easy to do this. Now, we're going to move on here. So who stood in the way of Balaam and his two servants in Numbers 22-22? Here, let me read 22-22 because it deals with the last two questions. It says, the, uh, And God's anger was kindled because he went. And the angel of the Lord stood in the way for an adversary against him. Now he was riding upon a donkey, and his two servants were with him. So it's the angel of the Lord standing in between. Wow, the angel of the Lord, folks. Now, look what's playing out here, Ryan. You've got the chosen people of Israel. You've got this conspiracy of the nations around them. But now we have the angel of the Lord. Which Balaam can't even oh, see. Oh, i got to have the angel of the Lord in my life. Amen. I want the angel of the Lord in my life right now. So where did the donkey go that Balaam was riding when the angel of the Lord stood in the way? Numbers 22, 23. Uh, the donkey turned aside out of the way and went into the field. Wow. So Balaam doesn't see the angel of the Lord, but the donkey senses it and knows it. Isn't that interesting? So did Balaam strike the donkey when she went into the field? Numbers 22, 23. Yeah, he was like, what? You hit me, man. I think I've heard that before, you know. <laughs> he did. He smote the donkey. He struck the donkey. He did. Because the donkey's not going where Balaam wants the donkey to go, mm-hmm. right? So did Balaam strike the donkey when she crushed Balaam's foot against the wall? Numbers 22, 25. He did. So this is so one time, two times. That's right. That's right. That's right. And so in Numbers chapter 22, verses 26 and 27, uh, what did the donkey do when she saw the angel of the Lord and she was unable to turn? She fell down under Balaam. Wow. So what did Balaam use to strike the donkey a third time? Numbers 22, 27. He used his staff, a big old stick. So you can see where there's some abuse going on here. You know, Moses was was told to speak to the rock, 
and he struck it twice. Now, listen, I, you know, some people don't have perspective on donkeys, right? I, I may have some, uh, some unique insight. Are they insight. a little stubborn? They are very stubborn. I have two donkeys. So uh, donkeys are stubborn. Well, and it's donkeys usually, once they have their minds set on something, they're going to do what they want. Like you'll notice this little area right here, there was a giant bruise here for the last week. It's because the donkey bit me because I closed a gate that it wanted to go through. Um, wow, I didn't hear that story. Yeah, yeah. so I'm sorry to hear that. It's, you know, it happens. It has, see, me and oh. the donkey have a relationship, and you know, it sounds like the donkey and Balaam have this, you know, relationship. And so, like, when the donkey acts up and acts stubborn, you know, it's really trying to save Balaam, but Balaam doesn't realize that because he doesn't have the spiritual eyes to see yet what the donkey sees. You know, you have to read this. Just use the word donkey instead of the King James version. <laughs> I want you to read. I want you to read. Numbers twenty two twenty eight. I want you to see something supernatural happening here. In, in, in reference to the King James version of the name donkey, there's a reason there's a King James version of the name donkey. That's all I'm going to say. It says, And the Lord opened the mouth of the donkey. Thank you. And she said unto Balaam, What have I done unto thee that thou hast smitten me these three times? And go ahead and read 29. And Balaam said unto the donkey, Because thou hast mocked me, I would there were a sword in mine hand, for now I would kill thee. So, man, if I had a sword, I'd kill you right now. You know, there was a creationist, a Christian creationist scientist that was saying that, and this is just a theory, but something to think about. Uh, they said before the fall of Adam, animals could speak. Now, that kind of blows my mind. Yeah. So, I mean, supernaturally, we're seeing this angel is allowing, or whatever, this donkey to speak, but I'm saying that, that's incredible. Yeah. You know, you, you know, we've all had pets. And we think that they're, they're trying to talk to us. And you've heard some of these, you know, stories and seen videos on YouTube. It's like the animals, the dog's like almost talking. Wait, it's not normal for a donkey to talk? I don't know. Uh, not that I know of. My donkey talks to me all the time. I'm telling you. She goes, here. Oh, yeah. Well, I don't know what language that is. But anyway, <laughs> I need an interpreter. So who did, I think people speak in that language Really? Oh, I don't know. But who did Balaam see once his eyes became open? Numbers 2231. Oh, man. Um, I'm sorry. I'm lost. The angel of the Lord. So the angel of the Lord. You know what's really cool, Ryan, is that when we have spiritual warfare, we, we have things that are going on in our life. You know, I've had the privilege of seeing in the spirit realm, uh, not with my natural eyes, but with my spiritual eyes, uh, my spirit to, to see in the spirit realm. And I tell you, there really is another realm. Uh, and so when you're dealing with demonic activity or get to see in the spiritual realm, it's something that you will see that, that others won't see. Yeah. So did the donkey save Balaam's life by turning away from the angel of the Lord three times? Numbers twenty two thirty three. He sure did. Boy, I tell you what, the donkey saved his life. Now remember, go back to the original mission. He was told not to go, and yeah. he went. Have you ever done this to anybody in your life where like somebody's trying to help you out and they're giving you like really good sound advice or they're being very persistent or insistent about something and it comes to find out they were right all along and you treated them very poorly? And then you gotta well, kinda go back and you repent. You gotta go back and eat some crow. That's, That's all right. I'm saying. You gotta repent. That's why in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. That's right. Amen. There's safety. Everything we do at Beitahila is checks and balances, like the three branches of government, you know. And, and I, would, I would highly recommend that. So here Balaam is. What is he? He's a lone ranger. Look at him. Tonto's nowhere to be found. Oh. He's a lone ranger. He's a maverick. Yeah. There's, that's oh, come good. on, somebody. We don't have that in this movement. A bunch of mavericks. 
I don't know. A bunch of lone about. rangers. Oh, you don't. I think we do. I think you're referring to. Where's s- the accountability? I think you're referring to this movement. Self-appointed gurus. Well, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. So you know. Um, so here's the story. Numbers twenty two thirty five. When Balaam admitted his wrong, where did the angel of the Lord send him? With the princes of Balak. So wait, so finally he admits his wrong, and now they're like, okay, you can go. Well, it's interesting how he's going to let this thing play out. I feel like that's... He really is going to let this play out, but we'll, we're going to put the whole story together, I believe, in, in the end here. But So where did Balak take Balaam in Numbers 2241? Uh, into the high places of Baal. For Baal, Okay. Now, how many altars did Balaam have Balak build in Numbers 23 run? Now he's going to put on a show. Ooh, it's seven. He had him build seven altars. He's, he's called to come and curse Israel so, so Balak can get the upper hand, right? Because he doesn't know what else to do at this point. He says, let's, let's use divination. Let's use the occult on the children of Israel. Now, were the words spoken by Balaam from the Lord to Balak a blessing or a cursing to the children of Israel in Numbers 23.11? So this is where the joke's on Balak, right? Because Balaam shows up, he's like, all right, build seven altars. And, and you know, uh, Balak's doing whatever Balaam says because he thinks he's about to help him out. And so what are the words that he speaks? He speaks a blessing. You know, I think you need to, to read the blessing, Ryan. Let's hear we it. Don't want, we don't, we don't want to right. miss this. You're right. So it says, and Balak said unto Balaam, what? Oh, here we go, the ten. Uh, we go in the top. All right, so here, let's read 9, 10, and 11. I got you. There you go. For from the top of the, the first rocks, blessing. Go ahead. For from the top of the rocks I see him, and from the hills I behold him. Lo, the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations. Who can count the dust of Jacob and the number of the fourth part of Israel? Let me die the death of the righteous and let my last end be like this. And Balak said unto Balaam, What hast thou done unto me? I took thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast blessed them altogether. Now listen, we need to take this to the bank, Ryan, because I'm telling you right now, this is about a generation that's going into the promised land. Yeah. They've got this opportunity all set up. It's all coming down the pike, right? And so this is something to consider because we've got the enemy. I feel him around me. Sometimes I see little shadows to my left, you know, and, and things. But I, w- I want to say that that he he blesses them. But this is a, this is a, a principle, right? Because God told Abraham, I'll bless those that bless thee and curse those that curse thee. And so what happens is when you try to curse Israel, you end up being the one cursed. And even if you were mildly successful in cursing them, temporarily in the end it turns into a blessing to them oh listen look at the, i want to share this with all of you tell me if this doesn't sound like your life for from the top of the rocks i see him and from the hills i behold him lo the people shall dwell alone and shall not be reckoned among the nations why because you've been separated sanctified and set apart a God's people for God's people, Ryan. This is the cool thing. We don't have to fit in. Praise God. Yeah. We don't fit in. We have morals. We have values. Amen. And so we can see this actually unfolding. So uh, let's look at question number 23. Where did Balak take Balaam a second time to curse Israel? Into the field of Zophim to the top of Pisgah. Here we go. Round two in the curse. <laughs> After setting up seven more altars and making sacrifices, what did Balaam say to Balak in Numbers 23.20? I'm just going to read it, 23.20. It says, Behold, I have received commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. And so he blessed Israel. Bam. Wow. You want to go ahead and read the blessing? It's in Numbers 23, verses uh, 
Yeah, yeah, go ahead. 18 and 19, I believe. So here, here it goes. It says, And he took up his parable and said, Rise up, Balak, and hear. Hearken unto me, thou son of Zippor. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall not make it good? Behold, I receive commandment to bless, and he hath blessed, and I cannot reverse it. He hath not beheld iniquity in Jacob, neither hath he seen perverseness in Israel. The Lord his God is with him, and the shout of a king is among them. Wow, the king. Keep reading. Uh, The shout of the king is among them. God brought them out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. According to this time, it shall be said of Jacob and of Israel, What hath God wrought? Behold, the people shall rise up as a great lion and lift up himself as a young lion. He shall not lie down until he eat of the prey and drink the blood of the slain. And Balak said unto Balaam, Neither curse them at all, nor bless them at all. But Balaam answered and said unto Balak, Told not I thee, saying, All that the Lord speaketh, that must I do? I'm telling you, right? listen, right now we just pray against the occult and divination in Amen. this earth right now. We command divination in the occult to be far away from the children of Israel, the children of the promise, right now, Father. Because remember, a curse does not come without a cause. So this is, this is interesting. Surely there is no enchantment against Jacob, neither is there any divination against Israel. Israel. Amen. So we come against all that. Amen. Why? Because we're not going to grieve or quench the Holy Spirit. We're That's going to right. embrace the Holy Spirit. The, the Spirit of God will lead us and guide us. Amen. For those of you listening to this podcast, you know, just break free, cry out to the Holy Spirit, you know, you know, and that's what we need to be doing. You know, it says a shout of a king is among them. Numbers 23, 21. Right. And so, you know, we got to look at it this way. Let's go ahead and look at as we continue on. That's the second time. Uh, so, uh, Let's look at the uh, Numbers 23-29. What did Balaam tell Balak to build on top of Peor? Seven altars. Wow. We're going into round three, aren't we? We are. All right. Let's look at Numbers 24, verses 1 and 2. What came upon Balaam when he looked toward the wilderness and saw Israel abiding in their tents? The Spirit of God came upon him. Wow. The Spirit of God came upon him. Let's go ahead and have uh, Ryan read this particular blessing. Uh, I believe it starts in uh, Numbers 24, 3. Let's, let's see what we have here. All right. This is about all of us, folks. If you're grafted in, you better be listening. That's right. It says, And he took up his parable and said, Balaam the son of Beor hath said, and the man whose eyes are open hath said, He hath said which heard the words of God, which saw the vision of the Almighty falling into a trance, but having his eyes open. How goodly are thy tents, O Jacob, and thy tabernacles, O Israel! As the valleys are, they spread forth as gardens by the riverside, as the trees of lime aloes, which the Lord hath planted, and as cedar trees beside the waters. He shall pour the water out of his buckets, and his seed shall be in many waters, and his king shall be higher than Agag, and his kingdom shall be exalted." God brought him forth out of Egypt. He hath, as it were, the strength of a unicorn. He shall eat up the nations, his enemies, and shall break their bones and pierce them through with arrows. He couched and he lay down as a lion, and as a great lion who shall stir him up. Blessed is he that blessed thee, and cursed is he that curseth thee. And Balak's anger was kindled. 
against Balaam. And he smote his hands together. And Balak said unto Balaam, I called thee to curse mine enemies, and behold, thou hast altogether blessed them these three times. Three is divine of the Lord, Ryan. Amen. Did Balaam bless Israel a third time? He Numbers sure twenty-four did. ten. He did. He did. He did. And so Numbers twenty-four thirteen. Uh, did Balaam tell Balak that he could speak only what the Lord told him? He did. And that's the thing. He told him ahead of time. Look, I, you know, you're going to bring me in because I hear from the Lord, but I'm going to say whatever the Lord says. So you know, don't get you mad know, at me. Don't shoot the messenger. Listen, I mean, we don't have time to go into it right now, Ryan, but to prophesy means to speak the very oracles of God. Amen. And it says in the last days, our sons and daughters will prophesy. Yeah. They're going to speak the very oracles of God. We got to show them that, teach them that, give them that. But I'll tell you, it's interesting that King Saul, even though he had a spirit of murder and jealousy and all these things, uh, he actually prophesied. So what I'm what I want to submit to you is that people can prophesy that are not following God. Mm. God can use them, you know. Yeah, because Balaam was a was a was a uh, uh, you know prophet for hire. Yeah, prophet for profit. Yeah. The uh, uh-huh. numbers twenty four fourteen. Uh, what time frame did Balaam use uh, to tell Balak that Israel would deal with the Moabites? He said in the latter days. So this is in 2414. He says, And behold, I go unto my people, come therefore, and I will advertise thee what this people shall do to thy people in the latter days. Wow, in the latter days. Now we're going to get some really interesting things here. Um, let's go ahead and look at, uh, we need to look at Numbers 2417, uh, what was going to come out of Jacob and what was going to rise out of Israel. If you could go ahead and read that. I will. It says, and I, uh, it says, I shall see him. But not now. Stop right there. I shall see him. What's this prophecy about? I shall see him. Who's the him? Hmm. Yeshua? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> Something Keep to reading. think about. All right. I'm telling you. I shall see him, but not now. I shall behold him, but not nigh. There shall come a star out of Jacob, and a scepter shall rise out of Israel. And shall smite the corners of Moab and destroy all the children of Sheth. Wow, isn't that interesting? What a prophecy! Very interesting. This is a, this is a real prophecy, and of course we know that the scepter will not depart from Judah. That's correct. Judah has the scepter, everybody. Judah's the natural branches. Right. Judah has the scepter. Mm-hmm. Don't have time to give you all the addresses, all the scripture references. But it's in Genesis forty-eight. But... but the bottom line is that Ephraim has the birthright. Amen. Okay, so there's a clear understanding of who has the birthright and who has the scepter. Amen. Very important to understand, Ryan, because leadership is going to change from Levi to, of course, Ephraim right. because of Joshua. So let's continue on. Very interesting. All right. Uh, what is going to be Amalek's end? Numbers 2420. Once again, who's Amalek? Uh, well, he's, he's, going... related to, he's related to Esau. Right. Um, well, his end is that he will perish forever. Um, you know, and Amalek was the one that came up against Israel and, and Israel was supposed to destroy them utterly. Right. Right. And didn't. And, and when he looked on Amalek, he took up his parable and said, Amalek was the first of the nations, but his latter end shall be that he perish forever. You know, it's interesting. Uh, there's, uh, the land of Israel podcast that I've been listening to. And Rabbi Shlomo was sharing about, uh, this particular rabbi was saying that Amalek is that spirit that wants to dump cold water on the fire in your passion in your life mm. that Amalek is the one that wants to try to put you out, take your passion, take your purpose, take your fire from you 
and, and, and dump cold water on you. Yeah. I thought, wow, how relevant is that? Remember, Ryan, don't let nobody steal your passion and purpose. Well, and that's the thing. You have to protect your dream. That's, that's important. You protect take away it. a man's dreams, he has nothing. Yeah. So we're moving on now. So we're seeing some interesting things happening here. Um, and, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, uh, oh, yeah, you know, um, I believe the prime minister of Israel, uh, Benjamin Netanyahu, he met with uh, King Abdullah of Jordan. Actually, the president, uh, Trump, met with him this week as well. So that's interesting. Yeah. So here we go. So where did Balaam go after leaving Balak? Numbers 2425. Uh, in 2425, he returned to his place. You know what's interesting, and I've discovered this even at Beit Tehillah in the past when there's a little coup or a group of people that will always come against you or do something. Uh, they never stay together. The rebels never stay together. If you ever look at the times you were ever attacked or people came after you, uh, where are those people today? I guarantee you they're not together. Well, they went somewhere else to because cause they, trouble. Because they're trying to complete a mission yeah. of divide and, 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 you know, subtract. And a kingdom divided amongst itself. So we're not going to get stand. into all the details, but here's here's the sad part, Ryan. This is where we got to really pay attention. Well, this is so he couldn't curse is, Israel. Correct. This is the frustrating part. He couldn't curse Israel. So what happens? You can only curse yourself. Ugh. So what Balaam does, and we don't have time to get into the great details of this because it's all throughout the, even the scriptures, uh, even the the method of Balaam. He he teaches Balak how to get Israel to fall. Okay. And uh, what did Israel do when they camped in Sheatim in Numbers twenty five one? The people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And then go ahead and uh, answer this question. Did Israel sacrifice and bow down to their gods? Numbers 25, 2. They did. Now, I want you to read Numbers 25, verses 1 and 2. I want to make it very clear, these two verses. And Israel abode in Sheatim, and the people began to commit whoredom with the daughters of Moab. And they called the people unto the sacrifices of their gods, and the people did eat and bowed down to their gods. Now, I want you to think about this. So Those are depressing verses. You're committing adultery. Now, listen, this is the chosen generation. This is the generation that's supposed to go into the promised land, Ryan. And they're committing idolatry. So, so there you go. It's not good, folks. They're at the gate to the promised land, everyone. Do you understand me? They wandered for 40 years. They're at the gate of an opportunity that they've been waiting for, that they had the promise to, Mm -hmm. because there was a breach of the promise for that one generation that died in the wilderness. So this is really a picture of our children. We need to be praying for them. We need to be lifting them up. They're the next generation, right? Of course, we can disqualify ourselves as well, but we're going to move on here. We're going to move on here. So basically, uh, what did Israel join themselves to in Numbers 25.3? in 25.3, they joined themselves into Baal Peor. So Baal Peor in uh, Numbers 25.3. What emotion did the Lord have because of what Israel had done? Anger. Now go back to the times, you know, as a parent, when you really got angry or upset at your child. What did they do? Now let's reflect on this because we have a Heavenly Father, Ryan. And that golden calf incident, our Heavenly Father was not happy with that. Oh, yeah. You know, the worship of the uh, golden calf and everything. Uh, he was livid, okay? And it was not good. Now, as we progress throughout the stories and the, the, the tempting and the testing of the Lord among the children of Israel to the Heavenly Father, what happens next? Oh, there's an evil report from 10 of the spies. And they, of course, die of a plague because you reap what you sow. Yeah. So why would they get to go into the promised land if they're going to be negative about it? 
And Ryan, thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. I want to encourage all of you that the end result is the promised land, folks. It's Jerusalem. It's Israel. It's the land of Israel, bar none. That's the first thing that God promised Abraham was the land. So if you don't really care about the land or Jerusalem or praying for the people, then you know what? Then you're not Israel. You're not going into the land. It's quite obvious. They're going to bury you in Brandon or Tampa or whatever. Right. But I'm telling you now, take my bones to Israel if I die here, because eventually I want to be in the land, Ryan. Well, I, mean, I want to live there because that's the promise. The breach of promise is where you would say, well, I don't know how he's going to do it. He can't do it. And the government will let us in because we're non-Jews and we can't make Aliyah. Well, you know, my daughter's middle name is Aliyah, Aliyah, Hadassah. So I'll use her to get into the land. Amen. You know, so I want to just remind everyone, you know, is the road that you're on leading to God? Yeah. Where do you want to live? Where do you want to be eventually? Amen. It talks about when Yeshua comes back to rule and reign for 20 or two, what was it a thousand years? Um, it could be any time from now, but once he comes to rule and reign, where do you want to live? Do you want to live here in Brandon? I graduated from high school here. Go Eagles, you know, Brandon High School. No, I want to live in the land. I want to be in the land across the street or next door to, to the temple or whatever's going to happen and be part of, of the, his government. I mean, this is the most interesting thing. Now there's going to be some repercussions. You reap what you sow. So let's look at Numbers chapter 25, verse 4. Here comes the judgment. Yep, and it says, And the Lord said to Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord against the sun, that the fierce anger of the Lord may be turned away from Israel. Wow. Now, who is he punishing? The heads of the people, right? Right, the leadership. The leadership. The, the, the leadership who so made So the leadership in the Hebrews of the Christian faith movement and in the church had better straighten up. Yeah. Because, you know, he, he wants shepherds after his own heart. Correct. You know, what does, what does Yahweh want, folks? If you're leading a congregation, you better, you better tighten up. You better straighten up because this thing's going down. So when the judges of Israel were sent by Moses, whom did they slay in Numbers 25.5? They slayed the men that were joined to Baal Peor. And, you know, this is, this is the frustrating part about this is, as I think that this is the type of stuff that people make excuses for, you know? Oh, listen, I'm telling you, it's happening, And everyone. it's easy to fall into this. It's stuff, happening. It's you know? happening. I mean, look, look at this. So now we're going to isolate a situation. So we're going to see a, a, a microcosm here right. of a situation. Exactly right. Numbers 25, 6. What woman was brought to the brethren by one of the children of Israel? It was a Midianitish woman. And Numbers 25, 6 as well. What were the other children of Israel doing at the door of the tabernacle? They were weeping. So it says, And behold, one of the children of Israel came and brought unto his brethren a Midianitish woman in the sight of Moses and in the sight of all the congregation of the children of Israel who were weeping before the door of the tabernacle of the congregation. And so the context here is that he brought this woman and that they were doing something at the door of the tabernacle they should not have been doing. Wow, in your face. Right. Now, I want you to think about this, folks. In Numbers 25.7, Ryan's going to read it. And so here it says, And when uh, Phineas or Pincus, right, the son of Eliezer, the son of Aaron, the priest, saw it, he rose up from among the congregation and took a javelin in his hand, and he went after the man of Israel into the tent and thrust both of them through the man of Israel and the woman through her belly. So the plague was stayed from the children of Israel. Now, I don't know if you caught this or not in the Hebrew, but, but the connotation is that... Well, I that did read it in Hebrew. They were, they were intimate... They were in the act. Right. And he took them out. Yep. Boom. I mean, that right there is unbelievable. Well, he made an so, example of them. Yeah. In Numbers 25, 8, when, when Phineas or Pincus took action, what stopped? The plague. The plague. Yeah. 
the plague. The plague. And so how many died in the plague? Numbers 25.9? Yeah, the damage, there was damage done. 24,000 people died in the plague. And that was the chosen generation, Ryan. That was not the parents. That was the next generation. So, you know, we need to be mindful of what's going on here, everyone. There's two things that are happening in the culture. The occult and sexual immorality. Correct. And you have to know. And one leads to the other, right? And even Yeshua stated, whether you got cable or internet or whatever you're doing, your iPad, your iPod, you know, I'm telling you right now, uh, Jesus said he took he took the whole Torah to another level. If you look upon a woman and lust after her, you've committed adultery already in your heart. You know, I do believe it was Job that said, I've made a covenant with my eyes not to look lustily upon a maiden. Hmm. And Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. So we can see beautiful women and see things, but yeah, we got to really guard our, our eye gates. Yeah, there's gotta, nothing new under the sun. No. So, so I want to encourage all of you in the days in which we live, get alone with the Lord. Read these scriptures. Invite the Holy Spirit. And get jacked up in your spirit and get excited about what the, the, the opportunities are for us that are going to be clean and, and not judgmental and all these things that the Father's going to do. You know? Absolutely. I mean, we, we've got so many incredible opportunities happening right now that we are going to be a light to the nations. We are going to be a light on a hill, Ryan. And, and I am so excited that we, of course, get to be a part of it and that we cannot really reflect on our forefathers in a negative connotation, but that we can learn from them. You know, even Paul goes into it. He even he even shares about, you know, the five examples of, of you know, of what we need to avoid. And the last one is, of course, murmuring and complaining. So here we are. We're at the gate to the land. Yeah. Well, and that's just it. These things are here, right, for our example. And yet, you know, we still continue to commit the same sins and make the same mistakes. And so the the big, you know, looming question is, when when will we learn? When will we take God seriously and follow after him? And so that's my encouragement to all of you guys is that, you know, you want to you want to get into God's word and follow after him and his ways and do his will. And and the way that we make it back to God is through Yeshua and that we need to seek after Jesus Christ, his son, so that we can find the redemption for our sins, because we've all been here in the place where we are in the sin. And that's what broke the relationship with God. And that's why, you know, righteous actions were taken previously and that the ultimate righteous action of Jesus Christ dying on the cross and paid for our sins so that we would have a way to have right standing and right relationship with God. And so I thank God for that. And so I thank God for you guys. Thanks for listening today uh, to the Torah portion, Balak. If you guys want to reach out to us, you can reach uh, me at ryan at topraise.net and uh, I'll get back to you ASAP. And then if you wanted to call the office, 813-654-2222. And then remember, our services are live streamed weekly at 11 a.m. every Saturday, Eastern Standard Time, on our website. You can go there or you can get it on YouTube, Facebook, uh, Periscope. There's several other places that we live stream that you can catch it uh, and you can join in with the fun on Shabbat. Uh, and uh, like I said, at twopraise.net is the easiest place to go to watch those live streamed services. So God bless you guys. Have a great week.